Okay, welcome to the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. I'm your host, Tim. Joining me today is Lachlan and Ruben. Hey. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, man. Good evening. All, yeah, good evening. We're all, we're all in uh, lockdown and uh, <laughs> we all have our beverage of choice. Uh, my beverage of choice tonight is uh, Japanese whiskey. It's uh, this one. It's magnificent. Lachlan, what are you drinking tonight? I'm just going a uh, gin and tonic. It's getting a little low. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I'm drinking. Ooh. Ah, snap. What but um, having... Tim did say a uh, drink of choice. It's not exactly my drink of choice. It's just what was left in the cupboard. <laughs> it's not a bad <laughs> little... It's still a happy coincidence. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a gin and tonic, but <laughs> it wasn't exactly a choice. If funny enough, that was uh, like a, a lockdown thing. So from uh, last year, Mother's Day, I bought my wife a bottle of gin and uh, neither of us ever used to drink gin. And we just started to kind of enjoy it and get into it. So, um, so <laughs> the first time I ever tried, the first time I ever tried gin was when I was away on holiday with Tim and his family. And we, we got in a big uh, debate as to whether it was a woman's drink or not. <laughs> I don't remember having that debate. No, the answer I won. <laughs> I won the debate. <laughs> okay, so funny enough, here we are, the uh, the bunch of middle aged men, and there's two out of three men drinking gin. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was before Ryan Reynolds had his own gin, so you know it's probably just slow to pick up the the. the uh, <laughs> Well, my, my my argument that it was a man's drink is that um, all the old advertisements um, were for from colonial colonial Britain. Yeah. So like they had all these really old posters of like colonial Britain people with the top hats and the monocles, and I'm like, what's more manly than that? Well, it was well, a drink of choice for uh, Winston Churchill. So uh, oh. I did not know that. Well, sorry, not a gin and tonic. I think it was a um, um, uh, martini. So gin and vermouth. But uh, he, oh. he liked it. Apparently, uh, uh, extra dry. Said he said he wants the vermouth in a bottle across the room, just looking at the gin in the glass, not actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that meant he was just drinking straight gin. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah. it maybe had essence of vermouth. <laughs> I can't blame him because that vermouth stuff is nasty. Yeah, we tried that too when we went away, and that was horrendous. <laughs> Well, um, that's that's uh, that's cool to talk about some alcohol of choice. Um, but uh, look, let's talk about the show. So um, we're putting this show together um, just to hang out and um, catch up every week. But we've also um, got some things to sort of work through, for lack of a better term. Um, so we'll just do some general introductions, I guess, about the show first. So. Um, We've called this show the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. Um, our target audience doesn't have to be middle-aged men. We welcome everybody, but we are middle-aged men. Um, and so and uh, we're reading uh, The Republic. Um, well, well, that's how you got me on board. I said, can we do a book club? <laughs> I don't know if you use the term book club because I feel like that's no, I I just wanted a to bit see My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, look, okay, look, let's let's introduce ourselves very quickly and then we can start talking about why we want to read this book. So, um, 
I'll start with you, Ruben. Um, so here's, here's the questions we're all going to answer, and we've answered one of them already. Um, but what is your name? Um, are you, in fact, a middle-aged man? Um, what are what? some of your hobbies? And what is your preferred beverage that you're not drinking tonight? Um, okay, first question. Am I a middle-aged man? I don't think it's possible to answer because how long is a piece of string? I could die tomorrow. Then am I middle-aged? I don't know. But on average, yeah, why not? Call, call me middle-aged. I'm not entirely sure I want to live to to 80, but, um, you know, I'll do my best anyway. So, yeah, you, okay, middle-aged, I'll say yes to that. Uh, okay. My hobbies are... Uh, I have an amateur interest in, um, and when I say amateur, I mean rank amateur, in philosophy. Um, and uh, apart from that, I used to play basketball, but my knees don't really like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then it's really just, I suppose, video games and movies like most people. Yeah, nice. Thanks. And uh, how about you, Lachlan? Oh, wait. Drink of choice. What is the drink of choice? Oh, I'm, I'm a whiskey man. Anyone in particular? Uh, at the off the top of my head, probably Ardbeg, which is a, a peated whiskey from somewhere, Scotland, maybe. I think you might introduce me to that one, Timmy. But uh, yes. uh, yeah, a bit of peated whiskey and blue cheese never goes goes astray. That's all. All right, and uh, Lachlan, same questions. Yeah. Um, so middle aged, I guess, like uh, I would say, I'm on the early cusp. I reckon forty are just kind of like cutting your teeth on middle-aged them but um <laughs> it's um middle-aged them that's it that's it i don't know i reckon middle age is maybe like where you sort of um i don't know hit your stride and sort of find your groove in in life and you're sort of feeling comfortable with where you're at i reckon i do feel like that so you know that's probably it's probably fair to say i'll go i'll, I'll say that's a good definition that's all right <laughs> on that definition i'm middle-aged there you go um interests yeah um well having three kids i don't have time for hobbies but i do have interests i just don't get to do them very often (laughs) so so, uh car guy through and through as you could maybe tell from my backdrop here um and uh you know if it's got four wheels and an engine i'm interested in it not too snobby about what it is all kinds of things (laughs) capture my interest uh, and other than that, I suppose pretty simple sort of stuff. I listen to loads of music, lots of podcasts, movies when I can uh, keep my eyes open long enough, and um, a bit of amateur gaming. And um, I say amateur because uh, whenever I play against you guys, I'm always <laughs> at the bottom of the ladder with <laughs> whatever we're playing. <laughs> uh, I think that might just be we don't the same games maybe i don't know like on forza <laughs> i think you'd probably carve me up on forza although i have discovered more roads mm. than you now yeah <laughs> i think uh i think both you guys would still beat me at forza even though i'm a car guy and an amateur gamer i bring the amateur <laughs> to amateur gamer <laughs> look there's a component of forza i think you'd have us on which is finding really weird things and customizing them that that's probably true i'll, I'll take that i'll take that <laughs> and uh preferred beverage yeah, um, look, I'd say uh, the botanist gin at the moment is uh, is a favourite. It's pretty darn good. So uh, I'll go with that right now. Beautiful. Mm. All right, and I'll answer the same questions. So I'm obviously Tim, and I am, in fact, a middle-aged man, as in I am 40 or above. 
uh, I did wiki search middle-aged and <laughs> uh, not just wiki but googled it and there are different opinions some people say it starts at 46 uh, but I did find a lot of references to 40 sort of being the go um, so you know I'll say yes um, but also agree that we're at the early stages of middle age and that's a lie I'll tell myself until I'm at the end stages of middle age um, some of my hobbies uh, or interests I always get told I have too many um, but you know I love gaming I love cars uh, love music I've got guitars and things hanging up on the walls up here um, yeah and, and recently I've been um, starting to read some philosophy as well and um, really enjoying that uh, my preferred beverage uh, depends on my mood I'm a very moody person um, but generally it would be whiskey and generally it's Japanese whiskey uh, which I'm drinking tonight so that's pretty good and my brother-in-law put me onto that and uh, I'm forever grateful um, yeah so okay let's uh, let's move on to our introduction of this book uh, The Republic by Plato <coughs> um, Lachlan I'm going to start with you and <laughs> And because I think um, your answer will be interesting, and not that I won't be, but um, I think we kind of dragged you into this. So I want to understand, like, what are you hoping to get out of reading the Republic, and what do you know about it? Yeah, look, um, yeah, look, I say I'm mostly along for the ride uh, through uh, the journey of friendship. So. Um, I'm not in the uh, in the habit of reading uh, philosophy, um, but I am kind of keen to to give it a go and uh, see what I can learn from the from the experience. Uh, I think I mentioned to you previously on another phone call. I think like as close as I've gotten to uh, Plato's Republic was seeing Socrates in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So, uh... <laughs> so you're a highly cultured man. Absolutely, man. Looking at this topic here, yeah. <laughs> and, and please be you know, be warned. I will call him Socrates uh, as we're discussing this book in the future. So, oh, please do. <laughs> I'll, uh, that will not be vetoed. <laughs> and uh, what what but do yeah, you think you'll get out of this, or what do you hope to get out of it? Yeah, look, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'm just uh, open to the experience and um, just seeing what I can take from it. Um, It'd be great to see if I do sort of learn something and can maybe uh, take a, even if it's just a different uh, different worldview and obviously it's from a different time and place. So um, it'd be interesting to see how that sort of translates in a modern world and if there is some, you know, commonality you can draw from that and mm. you know, utilize to reflect on. Yeah, thanks, man. Mm. Um, so Ruben, um, we started talking about, I think I messaged you saying, hey, I bought this book at Mount Druitt Shops, which was in stock. Surprising. What was and, it uh, worth at Mount Druitt Shops? <laughs> it was on sale. It had been there for quite a while. It had a lot of dust on it. Um, it was so printed it was, in 1986. Yeah, it was, it was less than $8. Um, is the pages of your book, is the paper yellow or white? It's like 50-year-old uh, teeth white. <laughs> if you had durries and cigar like Churchill teeth we'll call them Churchill teeth white <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um yeah so i think i was messaging you and you were like hey we should read that together and i was like ah there's an idea um so that was definitely a contributing factor to us setting up this podcast um so yeah what what are you um what are you thinking ruben what are you why do you want to read it and, and what are you hoping to get out of it well um this particular book because I, I read quite a lot of other stuff um on a side note i'm not actually a particularly good reader um it's one of those things where you know you really enjoy doing something when you want to do it even though you do it badly um, but um I, throughout all my other reading this is one of the books that comes up all the time and um i went i recently went through a, a series of um uh, lectures, university level lectures, um, which is one of the wonderful things about YouTube these days. You can find just about anything, but um, by a bloke called Arthur Holmes from Wheaton College, and they, they, they were filmed in the 90s, but at any rate, but he does a history of philosophy class. And he said um, that um, the Republic is pretty much the second thing you should read apart from the Bible if you want to understand Western culture. So that's why it's always been on my list. Okay. And um, so what do you hope to get out of that? Um, well, just, uh, from, from, what I've, from what I've read, like ancillary to this, it's basically um, almost where it all started in terms of philosophy and governmental theory and the whole lot. Apparently, this is kind of where it came from. So why not start at the beginning? Awesome. Um, why do I want to read it? <laughs> uh, I've started so i'm certainly not as well read as ruben is uh, with this stuff um but a few years ago i started getting into some guys who were online um and one of those guys obviously was peterson and um he refers to a lot of philosophy and bible and other references as well and so that got me sort of looking at some philosophy and i kind of got into stoicism a bit um and so I've read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Uh, I've started reading a book, which is like an overview of philosophy. Um, and so similarly, it is a book that's referred to very regularly um, from a lot of people that I've listened to and from books that I'm reading. Um, so I thought, you know, equally, it's meant to be one of the best ones. So why not have a read of that and, and see what I think? Um, and what I hope to get out of it is a better understanding uh, of, you know, similarly to what you're saying, Ruben, just, you know, the, the culture that we're a part of, you know, how did this contribute? Um, is there relevance to it now? Um, which I'm sure there is some relevance there for sure. Um, and, you know, is there any practical application of any of the lessons in this book? Um, which is one of the reasons I love meditations um, by Marcus Aurelius because it it has helped me in very many ways um, in a practical sense as well so that's what I'm hoping for I'm hoping there's some things in there that we can use practically um, and also just to sort of bolster our understanding of uh, where we live and how things came to be so yeah excellent um, now do we have an introduction on what it's about? If we don't, I'm happy to. I can give you. I can give you like the elevator pitch, um, so to speak. Uh, look, it, it's yeah. it is a it's it's considered 
bit of Socratic dialogue, and essentially what that means is um, the main character in the book is Socrates. Um, I think you might have heard of him. Um, the and it's set up as a conversation between him and other people at the time. Um, it wasn't written by Socrates; it was written by Plato later. So it's called Plato's Republic, but the main character in it is actually Socrates. They reckon it was written about 380 BC. Um, they're not sure about that, um, but what's generally the general consensus is that it was probably written um, around the time of uh, some something called the Thirty Tyrants. Um, so basically, there was a war between um, Athens and Sparta. Yes, that Sparta, and yes, that Athens. And anyone that's played Assassin's Creed will kind of have actually a bit of an idea about what that's about believe it or not <laughs> um there was a big war sparta ended up winning and essentially athens ended up being ruled by 30 oligarchs and they were called the 30 tyrants um so i can't remember whether this was supposed to be set i think this is supposed to be set before the 30 tyrants um came into power so that would place it sometime during the Pel peloponnesian war which is what they call that war between athens and greek uh, between athens and sparta um so that's kind of roughly where it's from, um, and basically, it's it, essentially it's a discussion on what is justice and uh, what is the correct way to structure a society. Mm. That's a that's a super super introduction, bro. That was awesome. <laughs> nice, thanks, man. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Um, well, look we'll start reading this book um and our plan is to work through this chapter by chapter not obviously reading the book out on this podcast but just sort of <laughs> um talking about each chapter as we get through it uh can i be so great if we could do a reenactment <laughs> yeah, we could do, reading, we do a so reenactment we really could <laughs> i bet it's been draw butler for spider <laughs> I actually don't think there's any Spartans in it. I'm sorry to disappoint oh. you, man. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to our second part of our show. Um, now that we've had a chat about what we're going to be reading together, um, and that is just talking about the thing that we want to talk about. So this is an opportunity for each of us to just sort of bash each other's ears about something for a few minutes each um so we'll call it uh i don't know the, the republic's free speech segment or something like that oh no <laughs> we, we, we have to figure that i'm surely in athens they had a place they got together and, and discussed stuff let's figure out what that's called and we'll have that for next week yes okay <laughs> that's that's that sounds like good homework for somebody <laughs> and it can't be bath house. Welcome. We're not calling it the bath house. <laughs> what about the uh, the Pantheon? Something like that, yeah. It's yeah. Pantheon. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. A, yeah, I think you're on the something. Somewhat. I think you're on yeah. the something. Um, <laughs> some of my mates will think that's something to do with the Penrith Panthers for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not the Panther Dome, okay? Oh, <laughs> okay. 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 That's it. We're calling it the Panther Dome. <laughs> yeah, this is where Cleary uh, does his thing. No. Um, all right. So free time. So um, who wants to go first to just talk about a thing? Well, I'll, I'll talk about something I'm excited about. It's nothing of any relevance or importance whatsoever. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> but I, 
But I, uh, I just got car parts delivered, so I'm excited. <laughs> what were they? Uh, I got some um, some brand new wheels that I special ordered from Japan for my uh, 1992 Suzuki Cappuccino. So, uh, oh. which is a car I want to see Ruben try and get into. It's a go kart. It'd pretty much be a shoe for you, I think. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I tried uh, to get yeah. uh, Ruben into my yellow car once, and that didn't work. No. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Just need to make it a convertible. He'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had <laughs> I'm to. Okay with confined spaces, but that was a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even <laughs> with my seven to nine-year-old nieces. And nephews getting in that car, there's there's no room to move. <laughs> so you reckon the cappuccino is bigger or smaller than that? Do you know what? It's actually got a decent sort of legroom in it. Um, so it's probably more modern in the. Well, it is definitely more modern. Um, just it's in also the backseat. Yeah, but you you might just um, find the angle of entry a little bit challenging, and unless you've been keeping up with your Pilates, it uh, could be a battle. <laughs> You mean the difficult for a middle-aged man is what you're saying? Yeah, it's not my yeah. stat. Might want to might want to limber up a little bit so you don't pull a groin muscle or something. <laughs> or out. Timmy, what's what's your card called again? What's Winnie? Tim's got it's something. A, it's a Austin A30. Uh, it's it's sixty-five ish years old, and I think it it weighs a very similar weight to your car, Lachlan. So mine's mm. about six seventy, I think. What's yours? What's the Seven. what's the wheelbase difference between that and the cappuccino? Yeah, so it's less it's less than a me in weight difference, but mine's a four seater four door car. Yours is a two seater two two door car. So I think it would be more spacey for the person in the front of my car. Yeah, yeah. Le- le- leg room. I think you you'd be yeah. you'd be and, winning in the cappuccino. And you would have double the horsepower. I've got thirty, and that was sixty plus years ago. So. If you lose half a horsepower a year, I'm in the negative horsepower. Yeah, um, this, this is a uh, is a, a key car from Japan. So the the law for the licensing in Japan means that the car cannot produce um, any more than sixty four horsepower. So that's what it has sixty four horsepower, which is ironically the exact same horsepower as what my old nineteen seventy one MG Midget had. The exact same horsepower, um, kind. <laughs> It's pretty similar kind of like size, weight. It's like a more modern version of the midget, actually. I really like it. So, um, so what are these parts going to do for your cappuccino? Just look badass, you know. That, that's all it's about. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I've sort of got a, a vision in my head um, about how I want this car to be, which is like, I suppose, like a, a 90s JDM tuner sort of vibe so when i was you know sort of 20 and looking at all those kind of like japanese imports and stuff it's, it's going to look the way it would have done then i suppose so yeah nice. yeah you know, nice have some fun see that must be the middle age thing because it's like uh you know midlife crisis going to buy a convertible right so <laughs> yeah but you had one in your 20s so you're just being consistent <laughs> It's a consistent crisis. <laughs> How many convertibles have you owned just before we move on? Uh, it's just the two. Well, this, that's it. That's it. It's just two. I've also. But I did have the. I had the first one for, one for 
Yeah, I had the first one for eleven years though, so mm. something like that. <laughs> cool. Uh, thanks for sharing, yeah. uh, Ruben. What, what's your conversation of choice? Um, I just I just thought um, just w with the cappuccino conversation, I realised I hadn't mentioned. I'm we're getting a new car too, and it's mm -hmm. kind of the opposite of a cappuccino. It's not a Hummer. <laughs> no, it's actually bigger. It's bigger than that. <laughs> what are you getting? <laughs> no, we're getting the um, uh, Hyundai. I think it's called an Escalade. No, uh, I know the one you mean. Um, uh, I was looking at it too for our family car. <laughs> funnily enough, yeah. Um, um, it's not called Escalade. What is it called? No, That's it's an right. American place or something. Um, I should probably know what it's it, called when I'm going to buy one. Not but... Yeah, not Esplanade. What is it? Something like that, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're getting one of those, um, mm. which I I reckon we could probably drive the cappuccino into the boot. Um, yeah, probably right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, oh, for the talking points, I oh, just something been Palisade. on my mind for Palisade. That's it. Nailed Palisade. it. Palisade. Yep. Nice. Um, I, I just. Just with all this, everything that's going on with the lockdowns and the protests and all that sort of gear, I noticed a, a, uh, a comment on Facebook that I couldn't ignore. Um, <laughs> and it kind of plays into the whole uh, Socratic dialogue uh, theme. But someone wrote, um, and, and it's not a, and it's a fair comment, freedom at what cost um, about these the protests. And so I replied to it, that's a fair comment, but... Um, the inverse of that question is safety at what cost um, so that's something I've been thinking about for a couple of days uh, um, I don't really want to go into to details and discussions but um, I I don't know that's just something that's been on my mind that'd be cool man um, I feel you there there's there's this balance between you know is safety about zero harm or is it about acceptable risk and, uh, yeah, well, I would certainly say it's about acceptable risk, but that's going to be different yeah, for each individual. And that's life, right? I mean, if you don't take any risk, then the what kind of life is it? You know, you're going to have some risk. Yeah, yeah I exactly. mean, we could eliminate, we could eliminate, uh, almost eliminate road trauma if we all drove at 35 kilometers an hour. But who wants to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I'm sure people died when everyone was just driving horses. Uh, well, I mean, when I say 35 kilometers an hour, I just remember reading at one point that they did testing on the human body and apparently we can take up, we can take impacts up to 35, the rib, human rib cage can take impacts of up to 35 kilometers an hour. So I was just, you know. <laughs> there you go. I know my horse analogy <laughs> is dumb, but... <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's... It's one of those things that, you know, as a middle-aged man, we probably think, wow, people are soft. But, you know, people <laughs> who are older than us probably look at us and go, wow, these guys are soft. Um, <laughs> and I think that's just, a, I think that's part of the journey that society's on with safety. Um, but, you know, anyway, it's, um, I'm, I'm very thankful for safety. Safety definitely makes things safer. Um, but there has to be a point where we go, you know, like Game of Thrones, man. Vala Morghulis. Like, all men must die. Something's going to get you yeah, eventually. 
<laughs> I think a lot of times it's it's about um, you know you can jeopardize your own safety and that's fine, but it's when you jeopardize others' safety when it's a choice out of their you know control that that's what. Oh, certainly always the question, yeah. Yeah, that's really fair. Because I, I just remember, like, my um, grandfather when he was getting older, or he was quite old, and he'd had a uh, he'd had a stroke, <clears throat> lost a bit of vision in one eye, and mate, he was not a great driver towards the end anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad took the the keys off him, and um, they had this big argument about him not being able to drive anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was a, a philosophical debate here. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if I have a car accident and I die, you know, like I'm 86 <laughs> years old, like who cares? And dad's sort of going, yeah, but you know, what if you take what about some the person you know, you're running to? kid <laughs> with them or, you know, whatever it may well be. So yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, the argument, I guess. That's a really, really fair way of looking at it. And I think so. And I think that's the difficulty with this virus is, you know, I would be willing to take that risk for myself personally. Like, uh, I'd be willing to not even get vaccinated personally, although I have, um, if it was just me. But because there's other people involved, you know... You've got to take that into account. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that there's a right answer here for all people, but I think... You know, it, it's a fair comment to point out that things like this impact other people as well as yourself. And I think part of having responsible freedom is taking into consideration the needs of others as well. Yeah, certainly. So, mm. so what's been on your mind, big fella? Oh, um, the thing to talk about this week. Um, look, I, I've been doing a lot of cooking lately. Um, to sort of keep my mind happy. Um, but what I've really enjoyed over the, um, the last couple of days is actually doing some multiplayer battlefield online um, with uh, you guys and some other mates. That's just been a really good stress relief. It's just been great to um, jump online and, you know, play okay, but not play amazing. <laughs> Um, but who cares, right? We're just having fun and blowing stuff up. And I'm really looking forward to the next Battlefield. Um, yeah, I, I'm especially excited about the new game mode that's coming with Battlefield. Uh, with the... You can throw in Spitfires against fighter jets and that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm super, super keen to have a play in that scene. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see... Uh, like of, uh, what was it? Knives versus the uh, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that looked like a laugh and a half. Yeah, oh, oh, it'd be good to see how many how many World War Two two tanks does it take to take out a modern tank and things like that. It should be good fun. Mm. Oh yeah, that that'll be awesome. Um, so look, I'm I'm just looking forward to that. I think um, the fact that they're giving you the keys to the sandbox so you can customize it so much and do whatever you want it's going to create some great times and I'm, I'm really hopeful that a lot of the people on my friends list get this game so I can you know host the server for a while and you know if imagine getting like a dozen people you know all on this version of this game and doing <laughs> stupid things like that like reviver paddles versus knives and you yeah. know Sherman tanks versus 
jeeps. <laughs> something, something silly. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm really keen, and and I'm really happy that they've uh, binned the whole social justice warrior angle with their advertising as well. Are you reckon it won't sneak in? Uh, it probably will at some level, but equally, <laughs> I think it's appropriate in a game like this to sneak it in if you're going to sneak it in anywhere. Like try, trying to sneak it into a World War One game or a World War Two game. Yeah, it, it felt silly. very artificial. But putting it into a game where you can basically do <clears> anything, you can pull a World War Two person into a, a future war, then that makes sense to like if you want to throw it in there, go for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking about fun. like revisionist history and uh, where they're going and rewriting World War One as though it was uh, fought by men and women of every country and creed and altogether. Yeah, or, or taking very, very specific examples of people who did amazingly brave things, but then trying to make that that was normal and that that right. you know, was represented in a way that it wasn't. And, you know, I, I think that it's probably done from a heart of trying to be honourable to those people, but equally, to me, it's like if, you're, if you won the gold medal three Olympics in a row um, and then in 30 years' time... You know, they make a game where um, you just didn't win those gold medals, but everybody from your country won those gold medals. It kind of makes it less special as well. Sure, yeah. sure. So I think you know, history is what it is, and if you're making a game about World War Two, make it about World War Two. But right now, yeah, don't make it about game, current day. Yeah, but if you want to put that in the current game, go for it. It'll be awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Well, I think that'll do, guys. Um, I feel like this is a pretty good first episode, so um, we'll all get our copies. So I'm reading it on this um, Green Book edition, which is published by... Who published this? Arcturus. And it was published in 2017. What version are you going to read, Ruben? Uh, I've got a Penguin's Classic with a pretty picture on the front. Oh, nice, nice. Um, I don't know when this one's printed. Where does it say? It says somewhere, somewhere in the book, right? At it said it, it, it on the second page for me. I think, or third page, maybe. Third page. It was on the third page, just before contents. I'm not sure if it's Shows how much I know about books. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it's been printed pretty recently. It's got that. It's got that new book smell. Very good. How about how about your copy, Lachlan? Are you going digital? Yeah, man, I'm on, on the uh, on the tablet. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so I've got uh, the Amazon Classics Edition. So hopefully it's not the uh, the Bezos uh, version, but uh, <laughs> um, well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> it could be an interesting conversation if you've got the uh, memory hold 1984 version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, it's actually got uh, quite a big sort of introduction and analysis at the start of it too. So, um, hmm, okay. be interesting. Excellent. I, I have actually oh, uh, started. Have started a little bit. So, um, oh, nice. If you um, do like podcasts, Spencer Claven does a good podcast called Young Heretics, and 
about two weeks ago, he did an introductory episode to the first book, of Plato's Republic. So if you want a Ooh. sort of a broad overview, roughly what I said at the start, I ripped off him. Um, so yeah. <laughs> if you want to, if you if, if you do want a bit of an introduction, that's not a bad listen. So I can send yeah, you a cool. little. If you we'll want check it. that out. Sweet. I quite enjoy his. Yeah, show. Good, I've listened to quite a few, and um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. Well, um, thanks for listening, those of you who are listening. Uh, we look forward to reading and discussing the Republic over the coming weeks. Um, if you want to have a look at our website, we are at the three dubs dot the Republic of M A M Mam dot com, and uh, we're on YouTube and Facebook. And I'll be looking to move us to Spotify and a couple of other channels in the near future. And uh, remember, the Republic wasn't built in a day and neither were middle-aged men. So long live the Republic. <laughs> Take care and we'll see you next time. And uh, thanks for joining us, Lachlan and Ruben. I tip my hat at you, John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was I good to catch up anyway. Captain. <laughs> Likewise. Cheers.